Welcome back to Cover B! I was waiting for you, I was waiting for you to say hi. We were just sitting here kind of in silence, we staring wanted, at each other. We were building anticipation. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? So you're going to notice that this episode is a little bit different than previous episodes. And all episodes, furthermore, will be yeah. different so as well. We've been talking, and it's just kind of a... It's kind of a frickin' chore to do, like, the three-segment thing that we've been doing. Not that, not that it's a chore to appease you and entertain you no, and you. No, you guys are you. needy, and you need to stop. No, it's, um... You with... need to be nicer to our, like, six followers, man! <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mom. Um, with, like work schedules and travel schedules and stuff and just all the crazy stuff that is adulthood and reality and all the we, other random stuff that he and i are constantly you trying know, to do constantly making sure that we have time to come up with cool like third segments and constantly making sure we have time to come up with like interesting news stories which some weeks like this week there's not a whole lot of news there's just not like this week everything's all about because uh the hollywood premiere of far from home was yesterday yep and so that's all the news yep. that's everything in the news is tom holland did what and jake gyllenhaal did what and all this stuff and apparently it's great i'm very and excited apparently it's it's jubilant is that the yeah so um jubilant so yeah you heard it here folks spider-man far from home has jubilee in it no um, that's not no don't listen to him he's a liar so he's getting distracted we're our weekly podcast from now on is just going to be us talking about the comics that came out this week. So the first segment of all the other podcasts in the past, that's what the weekly podcast. So the one that comes out every single Friday is going to be about comics that came out that week, which ones to get, which ones were okay. If we have any qualms or we want to, you know, rub Rob Liefeld through the dirt again, <laughs> um, then we'll do that. Every single week, every Friday, you can look forward to that. Because gonna... we will never stop reading a gazillion comics so that maybe you don't have to read a gazillion comics if you don't want to. Now, the nice thing about doing it that way, too, is that it gives us more time to give each comic or more comics kind of their due diligence. We can, you know, talk a little bit more about comic book history. We can talk a little bit more about, like, full-on reviews, talk a little bit more about art, which is personally for me been something that i've been trying to get in more and more um so we we can hit things in a little bit more high detail if we just focus on the comics so we're going to try to keep it interesting i'm still going to say stupid things that come to my brain whenever that they happen can't stop ever um yeah there's no filter there it won't stop as for the news that is you know we were talking about it and it's just a little bit redundant because we put a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the show on our facebook and twitter one of the things that honestly takes so much time is that not only are we reading all these comics and we're researching all this news and stuff, but I'm diligently posting on Facebook and Twitter mm -hmm. for you guys all of the new information, all of these, plus a bunch of other cool stuff. Like I always look for cool, you know, art pieces on Reddit. I try to find cool um, mm -hmm. tweets and relevant funny memes and stuff. So there's always new and interesting and probably more relevant and timely stuff going on on our social media than there really is going to be in these weekly podcasts because I know I personally f find that you know we if we record on Wednesday and we post on Friday something happened on Thursday and now we look like douchebags because we didn't have the ability to talk about it 
but we probably didn't have time to re-record on a Thursday. Like, Mm -hmm. guys, it's a weekly podcast. That's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, that leaves us at a point where, like, if something big happens on Thursday, the next week, it's... We don't really want to talk about it because it's stale at that point. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we've been missing a lot of big news because we record on Wednesday and or on Thursday and stuff happens the next day. And then the podcast comes out and it's without that. And it's like, whoa, they didn't talk about this important thing. So we're going to keep the news mainly to social media. We plan on having if there's like something huge, something like big, like Marvel announces what the next big bad is. Then we'll do like a special episode um, where we talk about that or like, you know, someone big name passes away or there's like big news in a company like DC declares it's going out of business and Rob Liefeld was right or something like that, which at that point we also need to do a breaking news about how hell just froze over. Um, I saw pigs fly. Yeah. yeah. Oink. Oink. (laughs) Uh, So stupid. Um, Anyway. So we're going to do that. And then we've been getting a lot of love from the real extra bits that we've been doing. Whenever Our there's Saturday like posts. A movie. So we're going to keep those up too. So next week we're going to go out and see Far, Far From, from Home because it releases next week. And then that Saturday we'll have a real extra where we'll talk about, we'll have the spoiler free and then the spoiler review of that movie. And we're going to do Saturday episodes for TV shows as well. So if there's a new pilot episode, or if there's a new bingeable episode on Netflix. I don't know how Disney Plus plans on doing their shows. I don't know if they're going to do them like Hulu weekly or if or... it's going to be like Netflix style yeah. where they're like, here's the whole thing. I really well, hope it's that. But... Here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a Jessica Jones yeah, episode we got really, as well. I know, you know, you're probably thinking to yourself, mom, uh, you're probably thinking, <laughs> man, Jessica Jones has been out forever. That son of mine is way behind. Yes. A trip to New Mexico and a trip to a local Comic Con and various other things. In Seattle. Uh, really. And Minneapolis. Really. I've got been out in of town way. a lot. June has been a piece of shit. I'm and it so can go tired, die. you guys. Yeah. Literally, um, I counted, and it was two cons and three out of state trips across the country. Guys, I haven't slept in two months. Yeah. Cut me some slack. So essentially, you know, for your. <laughs> it's okay. There, there. It's okay. Sweet little bottom. Um, so you know, for your weekly cover B fix, you will always, always, always have the Friday cover B comic review. Comic review. Maybe we'll try to come up with some like different intro, outro music to make it its own unique thing. Then we're gonna keep real extra going whenever there's a movie coming out. Then we're going to do a new segment that's essentially just real extra, but it'll be focused on TV shows and we'll get some intro music and sound effects. And or maybe it'll be the same like as real extra. It's <clears> and if we ever, if we ever have short episodes, we'll bring back like graphic novelties and secret short box and things like that. Yeah. They're not gone forever. They're for like weeks when everything that came out was a number four. Yeah. And like, why and, are we going to talk about number fours? You know, then we'll try to have some, like, special things. Like, we'll try to do, you know, uh, like, holiday episodes. We probably won't have a 4th of July just because we won't have the time. But, um, also, you know. Also, there's not a whole 
lot to Isn't talk it, about. Yeah, favorite, like, we thought about it. Favorite patriotic superhero. Well, we had considered, Dude, like, you know. you know, who would be the best president as a superhero? Because, you know, you got, like, the Democratic debates but, going on and stuff. But so then the, I'm just like, well, obviously, <sighs> it's got to be Falcon. Well, the real the so. real problem with that for me was just that, like, the regular real-life presidency is such a joke. <laughs> That I couldn't come up with something funnier. I got one. Than reality. No, I have the perfect president. <laughs> and he'd still be better than what we got. Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck for president 2020. Howard the Duck. Elizabeth Warren. 2020. I am. Um, I'm in. Who's I, in? Are you in? I'm in. Let's legit- go. Legitimately, I was going to say Black Bolt because then at least when he lies to your face, it actually hurts on the outside, not just on the inside. Um, <laughs> but the problem with Black Bolt is that his entire presidency is going to be run on Twitter. Oh, wait, that's already happening. <laughs> I like him because he speaks his mind. <laughs> and then cities are destroyed. Um, so again, it's still consistent. Yeah, it's, it checks out. Holds up. Uh, anyway. Sorry, guys. Tangent. Tirade, yeah. So, and we'll do other special things. We really got a good response when we first started. It was literally when we first started with the like holiday gift guides that we did. So we'll probably do those regularly around the holidays. Um, Maybe, you know, T and I both have birthdays in the fall. So maybe we'll do like a birthday episode. Um, And we'll just, we want to, essentially what's going to change is it's going to, we're going to stay consistent, but we're also going to be putting out more content Yes. In its own way. Um, It'll be smaller bite size, but more frequent. Yeah, it's, you know, the difference between a big-ass burger or, like, several tapas. Or sliders. Or sliders. So Sliders are always better. We're going to have smaller bits, and this one's going to be longer because of this whole, like, intro. We don't shut up good. It's true. We do not shut up good. Um, (laughs) Smaller tidbits... Still a regular Friday podcast, but just kind of some other stuff here and there. So keep an eye out for all that. This week, we're going to do a fun exercise where I try to co-host a podcast without having any hearing in my right ear because I'm still (laughs) freaking sick, you guys. It's true. It's bull crap and I can't hear nothing. She is a pestilent motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> so that's part of the reason why I probably sound awful right now is because I can't hear myself. So let's dive into some comics. Sure. Um, we read stuff. Can you believe it? Big news uh, is that the comic book equivalent of Bigfoot finally made its way into shops. Oh. Batman Damned number three oh. finally, finally happened. So Batman Damned is the over. Peen. Um, there was no penis in this episode or Boo. in this issue. So. Uh, that was disappointing. I was really hoping the <laughs> penis would get its time to like justify itself, but alas, um, no redemption arc for the peen. It was, it was. God, it's such a beautiful book. There's only like, there's no limit to the amount of good things I can say about Batman. Damned. I like putting Lee Bermejo on this book, and then also like putting it in magazine format and just giving like free reign it's it's such a cool like layout because the panels are there panels exist in this book but like lee bermejo treats the panels 
like I treated my school's no alcohol on campus policy. I knew it was there. It just didn't really bother me. Um, <laughs> Barry, Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Barry College. Um, anyway. We weren't, we weren't the wettest dry campus. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Um, but yeah, it's like artwork is everywhere. It's in your face. It's grimy. It's gritty. It's dark, but also bright. And it's, it's just good stuff. The ending admittedly left me kind of wanting. Um, did you expect more from the book that had faced so much adversity? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I did. Um, I guess I was, uh, you know, there was a lot of like convoluted plot points happening. Uh, and uh, what might be hurting me is that I did not go back and read the first one or the second one before this one came out. And it's been like months. Right. So I was going off of my memory. Right. I think the ending probably would have been more powerful had I had them in like monthly bits. Um, had they come out the way they were probably So what I plan to. to do is go back and read all three um, in, in you know, conjunction. Because uh, I feel like it's it's kind of an M. Night Shyamalan kind of kind of ending and then there's a cliffhanger which i really hope they do something with um because i think it could be really cool uh hashtag joker damned bring it on um i mean i don't know if that's what they'll call it but they should i want to see that shriveled white peep anyway um (laughs) joker damned number one so batman damn number three now it's hard for me to bring this up in the podcast because part of what we do is to be like pick this one up at your local uh comic book shop but the number one is currently like 80 dollars because of batman's dangler um <laughs> the dangler bits yeah, yeah so maybe wait for like a i think they just solicited a hardcover maybe um so yeah. maybe wait for that maybe wait for the trade paperback um or get it online if you can um or get it at your local shop if you don't mind dropping 80 dollars for it um but it is worth the read it is a good series the ending like i said though it was a little little flat i don't even want to use that word it was still good it made sense um it wasn't like out of nowhere or sudden uh but mildly anticlimactic yeah batman damned super worth the read nice now i'm gonna continue talking because t has a bevy of war of the realm shit that she needs to get off her chest yeah and she has an ample chest so there's a lot of space to store war of the realms things a lot (laughs) a lot so i'm going to talk about two indie books uh that came out this week that were very much worth picking up um one of them is called canto it's by idw um it is written by david m Boer, which is a fun name and with art by drew zucker so canto is a story of this race of little like robot people that kind of look like knights um there's a like computer game called steam world i think is what it's called okay uh they kind of look like the people in that it's like one of those point and click ones um anyway uh little tiny adorable like knight looking robot people who are slaves of these like minotaur looking people and what you find out it's super what i loved about this book is that it felt like a modern fairy tale not in that it was like set in a modern world but it had modernistic themes and obviously it was written today you know yeah um so it felt like a brand new fairy tale that i have not heard before you know and it was it was cool 
but the whole premise is that this race when they're born or created i don't know uh their heart is removed and replaced by a clock so they all have clocks and huh. their clock will eventually run out of time and they will die oh. um when they get super injured and their clock gets damaged they die so Kanto oh. is they're not allowed to have names they're not allowed to like fraternize or like make love oh. um so Kanto is the kind of plucky like optimistic bright-hearted heroic focus of this he obviously has a name he received that name from this female robot person who loves him who he slips like shiny rocks from time to time they find out like the the minotaur people find out there's full-on spoilers by the way for this issue but it's really just a setup issue so i don't feel bad about it um minotaur people find out she gets hurt and her clock gets damaged (gasps) so she's like dwindling so now he's going off on a journey to figure out where there's a hermit in the woods apparently that knows where the hearts are stored so he's going to go get his princess's heart (laughs) it's the cutest thing and the art is really cool the character design is really cool um it's well written like it's it's very very fairy tale so it plays out and feels and reads like a fairy tale both to its merits and to its kind of discredit at times but um no it it was it was very good canto is worth picking up um if you can find it in your shops uh, i am really excited to see where this one goes because it's just it's one of those books that you read that's just sweet makes you feel nice yeah i'm gonna have to read that one um finally i thought this was really cool so there's this book called Steel Cage, and it's by Ahoy Comics, and it's a really dope premise. It is a pilot book for three separate comics. So the whole premise is that they give you three pilots for these comics. You go to ahoycomics.com, vote on which one you want to keep going, and then that one's going to get made into an ongoing. That's so cool. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure comic book. Granted, it was tough. Because all three were pretty cool. Did you vote? Um, I haven't yet. I know which one I'm going to vote for, but I'll give you a rundown of the three. So one of them is called Bright Boy. It's written by Stuart Moore. It's about this guy who is, like, the smartest man alive, and he's an arrogant prick. But there's this, like, weird wake of tragedy that trails him wherever he goes. So he gets called in by the government to, like, handle problems. Okay. But then there's, like, insane numbers of casualties at these problems that no one's talking about and like weird people like disappearing and stuff and you find out kind of what's going on but it leaves a lot of details open so it's you know like whoa why why is this happening cool um noah zark is written by mark wade um it's a delightfully fun little book about this quote-unquote alien boy who escaped and rescued all the animals from like an intergalactic zoo and he's on the run from this, like, these brothers that run this circus, this menagerie. Right. As he, like, tries to take all these animals back to their homes. Oh, my God. That's adorable. It's absolutely adorable. It has a little corgi in it. Aww. Um, Who he calls uh, D-O-G. But, Aww. like, not, like, spelled out. Like, it's literally spelled, like, D-I-O-J-E, I think. D-O-G. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, a Gorilla Dillo is his, like, 
co-pilot and gorilla stuff. Gorilla Dillo. Yeah, it's like literally a gorilla with armadillo plates who talks and in my head talks in like a thick Brooklyn accent. Everything um, about this is great. It was good. Uh, <laughs> and then the third one, which is actually the one that starts the book, is called True Identity. It's written by Tom Payer. Um, and it's a, another kind of superhero book. It actually felt very um, Mark Millar kind of story Hmm. Uh, but it's about you know this superhero who is like the superman he's actually a little bit dr manhattan-y because he's got like transmutation powers and stuff like that Um, but he has a dark secret don't they always and it's not when i first heard that kind of setup i was like oh it's gonna be another like oh he's a child pornographer or some kind of crazy like alan moore type yeah you know turn of events something like the boys (laughs) um but no it's like it's still a wholesome dark secret, but it's a dark secret. You know oh, what I mean? It's okay. not like he's actually corrupt or anything like that. Um, personally, for me, I'm going to vote for Noah's Ark. Hell yeah. Um, I liked the art in it. I loved the story. Again, it was another one of those stories that just felt good to read. Like, yeah. it just felt nice. Um, it, it played out like a Saturday morning cartoon, and that gave me kind of joy. Like, it, it harkened back to the times when I would, like, hide from my dad, who was trying to make me mow the lawn. And I would watch Pokemon, and he'd be, like, at the bottom of the stairs screaming at me, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm changing. Hold on. But really, I'm, like, sitting there, like, waiting for Pokemon to end. And Sorry, Dad. <clears throat> if that's the most he finds out about me now that I'm in my 30s, good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so both of those are worth picking up. Uh, get Steel Cage and vote. I would love to see Ahoy Comics do this format more often. I mean, it sucks for the people that put their time and effort into, like, putting a book together and then they lose. But I imagine Ahoy will, like, go back to them and be like, here, you can get made into a book Maybe now. they'll get, like, you an know? annual or something. Yeah, I, I feel like they're not just going to drop these. Because they're really cool concepts with really yeah. good writers and really good art. Like, they're really well put together. I kind of admittedly went into this expecting them to be a little, like... Part of the reason, I, I am familiar with Stuart Moore and Tom Payer, but not as familiar as Mark Wade because Mark right. Wade's freaking everywhere. He's Mark Wade. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of the draw for me because something like that really sounds like the premise of something that's like a bunch of up-and-comers and maybe it's not going to be that good and do I really want to pick this up? Um, but I saw Mark Wade's name on there and I was like, okay, hold on, maybe this is pretty legit. And then, like I said, I'm familiar with Stuart Moore and Tom Payer. Um, so I was like, wait, you know, these are like legitimate peeps doing these books. Yeah. Um, and they were very good. So both of those definitely worth picking up. All right. Are you ready? Ready your butts. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time to War of the Worlds. It's time for War of the Realms. Oh, that was a lot. Are you done? Yeah. So War of the Realms Realms wrapped up, and T wants to talk to you about all the War of the Realms things that wrapped up in the same week. Thank you, Marvel. There were so many. Literally all I read this week was War of the Realms. Well, okay, so I read all the War of Realms stuff, but I also admittedly was five months behind on Daredevil. (laughs) And so I kind of read five issues of Daredevil trying to catch up. We don't run a comic podcast or anything. I'm sorry, Chip. No, I just, I feel like I need to apologize personally, Chip Zdarsky, because he's like my home dog. And like, I was really behind. It's great. 
great read to, though yeah you pick up daredevil it's apologize good apologize to him in like a boys to men style like art i swear i will keep up with daredevil now there good mm. I will. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> nobody wants to hear me sing when I can't hear myself. Anyway, okay. Yeah, this is nice. I'm derailing. You had a nice CeeLo thing going on. It was. Really it's good. all I got. I'm. My voice is still trash. This is a mess, <laughs> you guys. And now I got to talk about like 13 friggin' books. Yay. Anyway, okay. So some rundowns. Woo. Um, I don't think we covered like any War of Realm stuff last week, so this can kind of. Help yeah, cover I, uh, a bunch of stuff that has I really only completed. hit on the number ones and then was waiting for the number six to come out. And that was right. Like, yeah. So Journey into Mystery, that was the one that had um, Hawkeye, the girl, yep. and well, Balder. Hawkeye. Well, but there's two Hawkeyes. Like, no. they're both alive. No. They were on the same team up until, Everyone like... Everyone says she's the better Hawkeye. I mean, it's true. I'm not so lying she's that. Hawkeye, and he gets to be boy Hawkeye. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. That's how it is from now on. Okay, cool. I Yo, feminism. I'm yeah, in. I am gonna talk to my boy, C.B. Sibolsky, and we're gonna get that thing. Done. Yeah, you're totally close. Yeah, we Sure. Have. Anyway, Journey into Mystery was really good. Um admittedly i felt like the last issue fell a little flat um i felt like we had such a great go up until the last issue and then the last issue felt a little like oh shit we ran out of pages (laughs) and i was like oh Oh, shit okay that's cool but um i did appreciate that that book brought in um the daughter the the new goddess demon i think that's a really cool use and i hope that they continue with that moving forward because that was something brought in by marguerite bennett and kieran gillen mm-hmm. like a long time ago and then it just sort of like didn't get talked about anymore and I, and I don't understand why we're not allowed to have nice things um but marvel's rude so let's hope that that gets to stay back in proper continuity um other ones that was really good, Agents yep. of Atlas was great, yep. and now Agents, Agents of Atlas is getting its solid. own number one. Yeah, I'm excited um, to see what they do with the mini when they're not like being forced to shoehorn into. And that one didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like it ended too abruptly. It I felt would... like they did a really good job yeah. actually, like fully filling that one out. I would like there to be more development on the new characters. I agree. Like the little girl with the bear, who I think is new. I. I know, I know. Uh, Wave is new. Wave is new. And Luna Snow's not. Silk is not. Silk is not. White Fox is not. Obviously, Amadeus is not. But I think the little girl with the bear is, and I think and Chang Chi's not. Obviously, um, and I know Wave is. And I thought there was one. Wasn't there another? Arrow, Arrow, and Swordmaster Arrow. are also new. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how they develop those characters. Like they don't really have a personality right now. They're kind of just like. We like gotta fit as many people as we can. Wave and Luna Snow and Arrow all kind of felt like the same personality. Yeah, <laughs> but I I really appreciated so. I appreciated the diversity. I, I appreciated yeah. that the diversity felt very organic. It didn't feel like, oh hey, we needed to make an Asian oriented book. Like it yeah. literally was just like, oh hey, this takes place in Asia. So now we're going to do a book about the heroes 
in Asia. Like, it just made sense. Like, yeah, it worked I, out yeah, yeah. really well. I, I thought uh, that was a great way to introduce I the characters. I enjoyed watching Amadeus Cho get in his swole green ass handed to him all the time. All the time. That was fantastic. It was pretty just, great. Just, like, force-fed to him. You know, they were like, here's your ass. And it, like, came in, like, a poke bowl. <laughs> <laughs> It was really well done. But yeah, that, so that was definitely a good one. Um, was that racist? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Somebody well, get my racism encyclopedia. Yo, they all eat spam at one point. It is what it is. Spam is fucking delicious. <laughs> so I have opinions. Don't you knock spam. Because um, spam. So the Punisher mini. Brought to you by spam. I was not a fan. Um, yeah. Um, I really, really dislike the way the Punisher is depicted in the comics because I feel like all of the characters have given up on Punisher and so now writers have too. Yeah, I <laughs> like like it was it was unpleasant. There's a dangerous line with Punisher stuff where on one side he's like you know almost too tragic to really be like the punisher you know like too emotive or too tragic because he's got a very tragic history and a very tragic person um and like you mentioned like none of the marvel universe likes frank castle right they all treat him like shit he's constantly trying to help and even like captain america's like no f off um and then but then on the other side of the line he's just kind of a dick yes and like that's why the punisher show is great because they do a really good job riding that line He's, like, emotional, and you can connect to him, but you don't connect to him. And his decisions make sense. They're not necessarily decisions you agree with, but you get them. Yeah, at the same time, you can see the logic and the rationale, even if they're repugnant. Yes, thank you. And, you you know, that's the Mm -hmm. line you have to walk. And some people have done it well. Like, Garth Ennis, his Punisher Max stuff did it really, really well um like i'm i'm struggling like even the when they did the all new all different marvel thing like that punisher did it pretty well well and they just showed punisher in i know i just brought this up but they they just shared punisher and chip starsky's daredevil and i didn't love chip's depiction of him because he's too Uh, he's too hard becky becky clunan did a good her fairly recent i guess it's kind of old now but if you get a chance listeners to pick up the Becky Cloonan trades, trades of Punisher. That's also a good... But yeah, I feel like too many times they depict the Punisher this way, where he's just kind of like, nope, screw you, I'm a dick, you know? Like, I appreciate the Punisher's... I, the Punisher should be actively hunting justice. He shouldn't be actively aggressive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and that's what they have keep depicting him as like mm-hmm. recent times is that he's not like he doesn't do shit because he has to do it because yeah. he has to get justice he does shit because he's just kind of an aggressive well, and that's, dickhead that's the dangerous that's the dangerous thing for the punisher too because like he's one of those on that line as well on one side of that line is some very dangerous toxic masculinity mm-hmm. you know and that's why like the punisher symbol the skull has become like an adopted symbol for a lot of like hate groups and violent like white supremacist groups and like stuff like that because they see it as this like powerful dude who's not willing to take shit from the government and not willing to let people walk all over him so i can have 15 ar 
AR-15s and be fine, <laughs> you know? It's not... I need automatic assault weapons because the Punisher would want it and stuff like that. But it's, you know, you got to keep him on that, like, that tragic line. You yeah. know what I mean? And, like, like and it sucks, too, because, like I said, with the Chip Starsky, like, I appreciate where Chip was intending to take him in that because he tried very hard to demonstrate him as, like, I kill bad guys because if I don't kill bad guys, bad guys are going to go back out after I lock them up Mm -hmm. and kill again. So, like, it was definitely the justice side of it, and I appreciate that. But it was also the Punisher, like, emotionally berating and beating the shit out of Matt Murdock because he could. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, stop. (laughs) Like, again, um... you're just being an aggressive prick right now like yeah why are you being so aggro <laughs> i think um the punisher war of the realms could have made him it, it had they had an opportunity to, it had potential they had an opportunity to make him into this like cold merciless killing machine like and tipping over into that like aggressive dick side by really playing into the like war elements of the war of the realms because the next step for punisher is the whole punisher kill crew thing you know what i mean like he's yeah. essentially going to be roped into asgard's like cleanup duty on earth and running around like killing demons yeah. and goblins and shit and it's going to be cool and so i think this book could have gone in that direction better if right. they didn't put it in a tunnel because he spent three issues going through a tunnel with these criminals and they'd like fight a bunch of trolls and stuff and then he'd shoot one of the criminals and then they'd keep walking and they'd fight some goblins and he'd shoot one of the criminals and they'd keep walking you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like, if they had made it like if they had focused more on the horrors of war and had that like kind of grind into him to push him fully back into like just gun-toting quiet robotic terminator type character and then he goes off to do kill crew that would have made a lot more sense, you know? Yeah. Where he's just, there's no emotion left. He has been, you know, fighting giants and shit for, like, days. But, like, the Punisher book, unlike the X-Men book, which actually, like, went for, like, days or weeks or something it was supposed to, the Punisher book, and all the other Word of the Realms books, the Punisher book only happened within, like, a few hours. Yeah, like a day at max. So there was no, like development of character or anything like that if it had been him literally like fighting this war and it had been more focused on the war aspect of the whole thing i think it would have you know they would have been able to take him to that like you know i don't believe in a soul like i don't believe in like redemption that kind of thing because he's in the middle of a freaking war it also maybe and this is potentially on the editor's I think maybe this book would have been better if it had been either all released in, like, one segment. Because other parts of the War of Realms, like, saga depict the Punisher doing better things yeah. and, and doing yeah, like the he's... right stuff. And this segment clearly takes place before any of that shit yeah, happens. Like, there's one scene so, like... where, like, Wolverine's <laughs> helping some kids fight some trolls and a kid like throws a rock at a troll and the troll dies and the kid thinks they did it you know and then wolverine sends them on their merry way and then punisher comes out of the mist 
and it's like haha i shot him like that's nice of you wolverine to let the kid think you know what i mean like and that's like a sweet moment it's like oh yeah he was a dad and then also in the um granted this is before his family dies but in the uh cosmic ghost rider destroys the marvel history or whatever yeah um you know he's hanging out with frank like future cosmic ghost rider frank is hanging out with regular frank and they're both very human mm-hmm. individuals you know hell i mean cosmic ghost rider exists because frank castle died and i think odin was like here you can have a second chance you know at yeah. some point so like frank castle was noble enough for odin to be like yo go back here's a second chance um, yeah like that's the thing like i just i feel like it sucks that the last real taste of punisher we have left in our mouth is him being a dick just to be a dick mm-hmm. like he does all this other good stuff there's all this other character development of him in the war realms but like really your last like memory of him is him just being a douchebag in this mm-hmm. solo run like i don't know and it i think was the weird. the big turning point for me on that one was at the very end he kills one of the prisoners <laughs> who like helped yeah and like yeah they like at one point they all overpower the punisher and point a gun at him but it's because they've watched him just murdering other prisoners who get like uppity they have no and reason they were like to hey him. we want you to swear on your dead family souls that you will not kill us when we get out of this tunnel. And he's like, yeah, okay, I swear. And then, like, he leaves, and he's like, hey, I gotta hunt down this one specific giant because I made a promise to somebody. And the prisoner's like, cool, you know, let me help. And then he just fucking shoots the guy. (laughs) You know? And the doctor's like, what is your drama? Why would you do that? And if at that point he had, like, he threw, like, a file on the dead body that had, like, you know, pictures of the guy, like, kidnapping children or something. Or like, I felt like the guy was the one who had killed the family or yeah, something. Yeah, or something like, like that. Or, you know, the guy was, like, a notorious serial killer or something. Like, fine. But, no. like, he didn't. He's just, like, souls don't exist. We're in war. And then walks away. Yeah. And that's is... what I'm saying is, like, I would have a better time accepting him at that point if he had been in the, like, guts of the war for like days yeah but it yeah. was like it was really it was like a few and hours and in a tunnel and... fighting some goblins with some prisoners and now he's like this i don't believe in redemption cold and that's one version of the punisher that exists i so. didn't like it yeah i agree um another one i wasn't really a fan of was uncanny x-men so <laughs> first of all the uncanny x-men should not have been involved in this crossover event it was the most boring mini of the whole set of minis they have way too much heavy emotional drama going on in their books that doesn't narrate well to this kind of event so they just i was very confused they felt very placid and like bland the whole time uh it should have been strictly focused on danny moonstar and maybe the other new mutants so like magic joins her rain joins her you know that kind of thing and it's like Danny going to figure out what happened to the Valkyries. The other two trying to like help, and she's like, "No, I don't need help." And then the other two come to help, and um, like that would have been dope. But otherwise, it was just kind of flat. I agree. Nothing happened, and everything yeah. that did happen was like we went away from the base. 
And then people saved us. And then we went back to the base. And then everyone was happy we were back. Yeah. And then and we left the base again. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It was just well, weird and boring. And I didn't totally understand all the context. My, one and, of my biggest issues ugh. is that Cyclops was one of the most notorious characters in the Marvel Universe. Not like years ago. Like just a couple years ago. Before the whole like Inhumans versus X-Men thing. Which was easily, I think like two, three years ago. And now he's back. And heavy hitters in the Marvel Universe, a la Tony Stark. Captain Marvel, Black Panther, don't know that he's back. To my knowledge, they don't freaking know that Cyclops is back doing his thing. Captain America does, because he's freaking Cap. But, like, I know you're in the middle of a War of the Realms, but if you hear about Cyclops and his X-Men have cordoned a, like, football field, and they're, like, harboring refugees in there... First of all, wouldn't you want to go down there and help with the refugees? And second of all, wouldn't you be like, hold up, wait, who? Except, <laughs> but I don't think that the X-Men were mentioned in literally any other book no, in the entirety the thing, of this thing. They were completely, like, cordoned off and isolated, and it made no sense. Everybody in the Marvel Universe right now thinks the X-Men are dead. Everybody in the Marvel Universe was pretty sure that everyone in New York was already done. Like, New York had fallen. But then yeah. here are the X-Men taking over this whole freaking, like, football field. Well, I mean, like, what plenty, is happening? There was plenty of fighting still going on in New York. It was weird. Um, but no, it's, like, according to the entirety of the Marvel Universe, the X-Men are all dead. They all died on the beach fighting X-Men. Like, that's what they all think. You know? They're still mutants. And that's why the government in the Uncanny X-Men book right now is making, like, huge anti-mutant moves because they don't have the X-Men to deal with. You know, so yeah. they're, like, rounding up mutants and, like, putting together a vaccine and all kinds of shit. Because oh, there's still a bunch of evil mutants kicking around, and now the X-Men are gone. Uh, and That sucks. So they're doing all kinds of, like, crazy shit. So, like, I feel like if we're having a quote-unquote war, right, there's got to be intel and recon. So who's watching New York? And missing the giant football field that red beams are flying out of. This was exclusively <laughs> you know? Marvel being like, oh shit, we can't have a crossover and yeah. not have some uh, sort of X-Men well, title wanted... for all of those X-Men fans that literally only read our books because of X-Men. They wanted to... That's all it was. They wanted to have Danny Moonstar have a Valkyrie moment because she used to be a Valkyrie. Which is cool. I get that. But that should have just been the focus. It should have been War of the Realms Moonstar or War of the Realms New Mutants or War of the Realms yeah. Valkyrie. But War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men, they brought all these other X-Men in there. Like I said, they've all got emotional awkward. they've all got emotional baggage going on, so it felt very placid and boring. And it also just raises way more like plot holes and questions than it's worth. Yeah, it was weird. You know, it was also honestly one of the worst edited marvel books i've read in a while there was like times where people's fonts would change between page yeah. like one of the characters at some points made a deal with enchantress and then at other points made a deal with hella so like that was wrong like it, it just wasn't very well it was not very well put together it felt very rushed like you said like they were like we gotta get the x-men and moonstar an in here involvement yeah. And the fact that it didn't end with Jane Foster was coming dumb. out as Valkyrie. I get that they didn't want to blow their wad there, but, like, 
that would have been such a beautiful ending I agree. with her like coming to moonstar and being like you're not the last valkyrie we're you together know? in this but they want to save it so that they can have a big reveal so that they can sell a million copies or whatever else they constantly talk about on twitter the last one I wanted to do a quick shout out of was As Guardians of the Galaxy because a lot of people thought that that book was actually like created for the War of Realms crossover, but actually it was not. Um, I believe it's a Cullen Bunn book, and let me let me ensure that I'm not making that up. Um, Yeah, it's Colin Bunn. I was right. Um, so it's a Colin Bunn idea, and he pitched it to Marvel years ago, and was like, "Yo, as Guardians of the Galaxy, this makes so much sense. Let's do it." <laughs> and they were like, "That's weird." And he was like, "I know. Look at all these weird characters I want to do. Let me do it." And finally, they were like, "Sure, yeah, okay, you can do it. You can use all these weird characters. We're not using them at the moment." And then in the middle of his book, as he's writing it. They're like, oh, hey, by the way, Jason Aaron wants to do all this stuff. And guess what he wants to do to Valkyrie? And so Colin's like, shit. <laughs> and so he had to completely rewrite, like, half the book and fit mm. it into War of Realms, which I feel like they misled the poor man into what he actually did. And then it cut off his title because, you know, half his people are gone because yeah. Angela has to go away. But... I think they did a good job with what they had um, managing those characters in the context of War of Realms. But it sucks because now so many of them are gone. (laughs) Because, like, Angela's off in Nowhere Land. And Valkyrie is no longer alive. alive. And, like, Throg is, we don't even know. Like, he tech we think he died we think he went to like frog holla but <laughs> we're not totally sure valhoppa oh that's cuter i like that okay valhoppa yeah. um <laughs> and like i don't know it's it's weird there's a lot of dead people in that one that one's really sad um but it ended nice and angela got some mad closure on all of the bitches in heaven. Badass. So yeah, yeah. snaps, two snaps for Angela of Asgard. Um, that was a nice ending to that. Um, so then I think the last thing I really want to talk about is the actual War of Realms title. Mm-hmm. Um, finally closed up number six. Yep. And honestly, it was incredibly satisfying. Um, for me, if only because I don't think it would have been as satisfying if I hadn't been reading the thor book i agree because i honestly found it i have not been reading the thor books so i've not been seeing all the like building blocks um i found it more satisfying than some crossover events in that there is actual significant change happening yeah so thor is now like asgardian king he's got mjolnir back uh jane is now valkyrie loki's back and i guess is king of the frost giants now or something yes um because he killed Dada. You know, uh, certain members of the uh, Thor rogues gallery are dead or dismembered. Um, other ones are kind of in the wings. Uh, so it's, you know, <laughs> there was definite change. I just don't know if the change 
like I, I don't know if it was a change forward or like a rewind. So the reason you know? why, and, and this might help give perspective to someone who hasn't been reading it. Part of the reason why this book was so glorious for those of us who've been reading Thor is because the Thor book has not just been about unworthy Thor or about Jane Foster Thor. Um, we have watched, we have gotten full, like, several issue runs of All Father Thor at the mm-hmm. end of time. Mm-hmm. We have had several full issue runs talking about young Thor um, before he was worthy. Like, he has been developing that last segment of the four Thors going against the ruler of Svaltelheim, like, for the past several years. We, subconsciously, we have been built into caring about each of those Thors differently. Mm -hmm. And what you didn't see, so in this last book, one of the things is they bring in young Thor and they bring in all father Thor and all father Thor was a great reference because we knew that Jane Foster Thor was coming because one of the references in a previous Thor book was all father Thor talking to the girls, his like daughters, granddaughters, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and talking about how Jane Foster's coming back and all that stuff was great. Well, what you didn't see is that this most recent last issue of Thor is that, the moment in which young Thor is there being a prick, you have no context for this in War of Realms, but he's there being a prick and kind of a pain in the ass and like not really doing his his fair share, right? We don't see is that in the Thor book, that was the moment he became freaking worthy, you guys. Hmm. He picks up all father Thor's hammer. Oh, nice. There. The whole book is about how he is, in his context, unable to pick up Mjolnir. He hates the hammers. He's pissed off. At the moment, he has finally given up on trying to pick up Mjolnir. The Fantastic Four come back, pick him up, take him to where he needs to be in the future, and they go to fight Malekith. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the fight, he realizes that it doesn't matter what he's fighting for. He needs to protect his family. He needs to protect his loved ones. His mother is everything. And his mother's the only one who's ever given a shit about him. And then all of a sudden he picks up Mjolnir without even realizing it. And it's like this full circle, amazing brilliantness. And I literally See, sat there with my mind exploded. That I feel like would have been better in the main crossover. But but what... Jason Aaron hasn't been writing the main crossover for the past, like, Ten years are crazy bullshit. No, I know, but um, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> no, it, that's the thing is, I feel kind of cheated because that would have been a really cool moment it and would have so been good. something that would have made the crossover a lot better. But you know what I've said about the crossover and other people I've actually heard say after I've said it, which is cool, um, is that the the weird thing about War of the Realms is that it's like it plays out especially like with the exception of the first issue and the last issue most of the middle issues play out as like trailers or previews or kind of summaries of all the tie-in books okay yeah so it's like it's like literally pushing play on like a war of the like last week on war of the realms and then it like it's like the anthony hopkins narration yeah and they're a little bit timed weird like sometimes you'll get summaries for something that hasn't come out yet but like it was very it was very chaotic and you know at the end with war of the realms being done you know if you are interested in asgardian stuff if you've been keeping up with jason aaron's thor stuff definitely pick it up because it is 
gorgeous. Even if it oh. is like a little story light for something called war, um, it is freaking gorgeous. Russell Dowderman is by and far the best interior artist that Marvel has. I Hands don't care down. what people say. He's a god of He's art. So like, good, guys. Everyone's like, good beautiful Lord. and you know, all the action is like really easy to follow, but so meticulously done. It is so good. The colors are gorgeous. Um, like everything they it's put It's ethereal, but it's great. Um that that art team on that book just mwah. Um <laughs> Now, for the tie-ins, Journey into Mystery. That's it, in my opinion. Like, yeah. the others are missable. Like, Agents of Atlas was one of the better ones, but I it agree. was still just kind of a good book. It wasn't really, like, great. Journey into the Mystery was fantastic. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was a great team. It was well-written. It felt like a war. Like, it, it didn't feel, like, weirdly out of place. <laughs> Right. Um, it still had its, like, Thor connection going for it. Because some of the other ones don't even have, like, an Asgardian-type character on That's the team. That's true. And so it just feels very, like, meh. Uh, War Scrolls was really good, too. Um, I liked the, like, little stories. Like, they were, like, the short stories. They were all very good. Yeah, there were some really good um, ones in there. New Agents of Atlas is worth picking up if you're kind of into that. But I think... It's worth waiting for the miniseries. I think that's going to be better. I am excited Because they're going to have that. time to develop it is things. A new, it is a new team, though, which is a little sad yeah, for but, me, but yeah. meh. But uh, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, it's a new writer. They, I think oh, they just I thought you meant like yeah. character team. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm talking about the characters. Oh, yeah, fair. Um, I don't think the writers... <laughs> I hate to say this, but I don't, I don't think the writers did a lot for the book. Hmm, I think the book was going to exist in the way that we got it, regardless of who wrote it. Fair enough. Um, unless it was like Garth Ennis or something, then it would have just had more dicks. Um, <laughs> Uncanny X-Men, uh, Punisher are missable. Absolutely. Um, I did want to say the one thing that I think is flying under the radar for a lot of people that this book did do, the biggest change, in my opinion, that this book did in terms of like wrapping everything up. <laughs> is we have officially established outside of the whole Donny Cates circle that Venom is being built up to be one of the most powerful things in the universe. Oh, yeah. He tipped his hat to Donny so hard. Well, I don't even think it's that. I think it's just that whatever moves Marvel and Donny are making are building Venom, and particularly Noel, but Venom yeah. as a like conduit An for existence. this Noel energy into one of the most powerful things in the marvel universe and that's super badass and super exciting especially with absolute carnage coming up yeah but i think that's flying under the radar for a lot of people because of because it wasn't really at the end it was kind of in the middle yeah um but like venom is being touted in a lot of different books as being like the big not even thing. like i don't even want to say person or character or creature or entity he's being treated as a tool but like this supremely powerful tool that these people are using to their various means. It's Infinity you know? Gauntlet style. Yeah, it's it's so I'm really excited to because I've been saying I really want Absolute Carnage to like position Carnage as like the next Thanos level like big bad character. Yeah. And if they they have full means to do it, they've been laying the groundwork for it in a bunch of different books. And 
Donnie has said that Absolute Carnage is going to shake shit up, so we will see. Um, cutting it close on time, but I just want to run through two Marvel things real quick. I wanted to make sure that we had plenty of space for War of the Realms, but uh, Avengers number 20 is the last War of the Realms tie-in for Avengers. It works well as a standalone issue, especially if you're a She-Hulk fan. It was so cute. Um, it is great, and it references the sensational. It's very meta, very aware of itself references all the different iterations of she-hulk yep talks about how she's been very different unlike some other characters yep. like even the hulk in his own way like he's had joe fix it he's had professor hulk he's had you know raging hulk war conquering hulk um the green scar i think they called him but you know he's had all kinds of different personalities but they all kind of filtered back in um but there's one part in this book where deadpool pops up out of nowhere and is like hey what's up with you you used to be fun I mean, you were like me before me. And it's so true because the, <laughs> the like, John Byrne, uh, who did the art? Of, who wrote the John Byrne run? Anyway, uh, the sensational She-Hulk run was super, like, fourth wall breaky. And she was, like, super funny and humorous. And it really was Deadpool before Deadpool. Yeah. And so it was just cool, like, her, like, sending back to that. Well, and she makes a comment in the book. She's like, I thought being gray was hard. Like. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it very was, referential. It was, um, yeah, it was it was very good. Very worth picking up if you're a She-Hulk fan. Um, like, it was, just, it was just a solid read because it, it gave her a lot of depth and kind of really rationalized where she's at now. Um and what's going on with her so it's really cool um i also wanted to say because i mentioned last week about how i was pissed off about next gen age of x-men next gen uh age of x-men uh the extremists came out that was the one i was telling everybody was my new favorite still my new favorite yay so cold and strong that one ended really well with essentially all these like badass mutants just rioting in the streets getting drunk and like tearing shit up delightful that's how it should end. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like that's 100% how that it should end. Valid. They didn't get like relegated to the sidelines or they didn't get their minds wiped or anything like that. <laughs> it was uh no, it was it was very good. So, uh if you're looking for an Age of X-Men title to pick up before the whole thing wraps up, pick up that one. Five issues, they're all out now. So. All right, team. I think that's all. That's it. So, I uh, yeah, it was good. Good episode. Um, yeah, so again, you know, keep an eye out for the new format. Gonna be mainly talking about comics. Next week, we're gonna have an episode coming out about Spider Man. Real extra. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to us rant about War of the Realm stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had a lot to say. I have I have a lot of feelings. If you want more Cover B, you can find us on the internet as well as social media sites Facebook, Twitter, at Cover B Podcast. Uh, you can. Buy our merchandise. Buy our merch on or, our website. Or you see can, all the different places that our stuff is on different podcast providers at put it coverbpodcast.com. On, you can put it on in the background while you do mundane chores or while you're driving. We're great when you're doing dishes. Um, lay down some cover bee on one device and some Marvin Gaye on the other device and make love to somebody. Oh, don't do that. That seems weird. That'd be great. I don't want to be involved in that. No, that seems weird. I've been really trying, baby. Stop it. Trying to hold back this feeling for so long. Stop it.
feel. You are flat. Stop it. Like feel, Stop baby. it. Stop. All right. Bye, guys. Come on. I'm getting out of here before you suffer anymore. Come on. Bye. Let's get it on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.